1: Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo.
0: Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE.
1: That's 50% off your first month at Co.com. Promo code COUPLE. Own your mistake, apologize, and then from there, continue on a conversation. Because if you're just gonna own a mistake only then to point a finger, you're just gonna bounce back and forth for a long time. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the
0: things they go through.
1: Today. How do you even say what we're talking about?
0: We're talking about things that we've learned (laughs) as we've grown to be better communicators with each other.
1: Yes, which has really um, become a current situation. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to phrase that. Um, Little Druber has been sick the past couple days. She's had like a little fever, been super fussy. For any parents out there, you know in a time of a sick kid, tensions run really high, frustrations are very apparent, you're running on no sleep, no food.
0: There's a lot of stress from the <laughs> yes. baby being sick and like yeah. just like emotions from a parent's perspective which there.
1: brings up a lot of like arguments and just conversations that you have which are completely irrational. But we thought it would be a good time to talk about takeaways from the past couple of days, but looking at the broader picture We've always talked to you guys about the monthly checkups that we do and we'll, we'll refresh that in a second. Yeah. But these are some general takeaways from our monthly checkups over the past 10 years that tend to continue to come up that are things that we think are very important to our relationship and have helped us become better communicators and have a deeper connection.
0: Yes. So. Since Drew's been born, we've compiled a list of over 200 lessons that we've learned. (laughs) Andrew Uh, has. But since we've been married, (laughs) we've compiled a list of different things that we've learned as well. And so we have here, we're going to walk through the 10 plus things from a communication standpoint that we've learned from being married, which is humbling to know that we only came up with 10 plus things over five years of marriage but i think that's kind of i mean that's what kind of gets me pumped up about marriage though is you get so much time to mm-hmm. learn things and i'm excited to add 10 more things in the next well, five years
1: i also think that's a very clear indication too that we have figured out where our little like pressure points are i think this <laughs> yeah i think but, those 10 plus things are what tend to rub both of us the wrong way
0: but We have, I think we found the pressure points pretty quickly, but how to actually respect the other persons and not.
1: We're still working on that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So before we get into it, if you haven't uh, subscribed to the show or given it a rating, please do show,
1: do show for the show
0: on whatever platform you we're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple podcasts. I don't know where you prefer listening. Actually, my favorite thing is to watch on YouTube, listen on YouTube. Uh, and also have the video available yeah anyway so whether you're on youtube whether you're on apple Podcasts, give it like a thumbs up or a five-star rating if you feel like it's uh if it's worthy of it and also subscribe to the show so we can have you back and as always i do want to reiterate that as we go through our list of things today (laughs) we are not professionals no our goal is not to really be you know giving you advice as much as sharing things that we have found helpful, hopefully from like a, you know, just average Joe perspective.
1: And we have by no means figured it out. Yeah, this yeah. is us trying to figure it out in real time and sharing with you things that have worked yeah. and have failed miserably.
0: And I'm recording this episode as much for us so that we can look back on this and maybe make fun of ourselves or refer to it as we're going through when arguments. we 50 or- and we're
1: like, we were a joke back then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or I'm talking about like in the next week when we get in an argument oh, yeah, be true. like, Oh yeah, I forgot that I got to do this. So yeah. anyway, it's kind of fun to list out these lessons as we learn them. But here's the story that sparked this whole conversation was Drew's been sick as Sean's alluded. Yeah. She doesn't sleep well when she's sick or she hasn't. And Sean was gracious enough to kind of stay up with Drew for multiple nights in a row. Mm-hmm. The first night that she did that, I mean, you must've gotten two hours of sleep. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm sleeping soundly. Um, And we wake up and I see her and say, hey, how'd it go? And she's like, oh, it was a rough one. And my first, I don't know if anybody else is like this, Mm -hmm. but my first inclination, you are, Sean, is to say, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Almost like, I'm sorry for sleeping in. I'm sorry that it was a rough night. I'm sorry for this whole thing. And it's coming from a position of kind of Mm -hmm. guilt-ish. But I realized the other night, the second time this happened, when you had a rough night and you, again, were very selfless. I said, instead of, because it kind of sets the mood of like, oh, this is a bummer. And yeah, I did make a sacrifice for you. The second night I said, instead of, I'm sorry. I said, thank you, Sean, for Mm. making that sacrifice for me. And honestly, the difference in where that conversation went and how we treated each other was way different because instead of coming from a spot of like guilt of, I'm sorry, I made you do that. It was, Thank you so much. I know that you made a sacrifice and it made a positive impact on my life.
1: Well, it it makes you feel seen and it makes you feel appreciated and it makes you feel like the other person is truly seeing you. Um, I, I feel like sometimes I am the person where I, I say, I'm sorry for everything. Um, I use it way too often and I don't know why I should work on that. Um, but I think it's just a self-reflection of guilt rather than an awareness of, They truly have like sizes and qualities and styles for every single thing you could want. So the cotton jersey t-shirt is the one that I'm talking about. It is an absolute staple. I feel like I'm reaching for it literally every day, especially nursing with Bear. It's breathable and soft, and it somehow gets even softer and still holds its shape after every wash. If I could only recommend two of the Skims t-shirts, I would say the cotton jersey t-shirt, which I have in Mineral, or the boyfriend t-shirt literally in any color are probably my two favorite t-shirts that they make. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to four X. After you place your order, select podcast in the drop-down menu, select couple things to let them know we sent you. Have a good one. The other person and what it is they're actually giving. Yeah. And I think when you say thank you, it it, it says to you, I see you, I see what you've been doing. And I'm really appreciative instead of saying, I'm sorry. And it almost being selfish.
0: It is. Yeah. It's almost selfish. I was about Mm -hmm. to say that it's like, it's asking for, Oh no, don't be sorry, babe. Uh Like, no, I did that happily as opposed to, Hey, I'm giving you a pat on the back and like making you feel good. Even though you like stayed up all night, I'm making you feel good because yeah, it helps you realize, Oh, I did do that. And he knows that I did. So that's the first lesson. And it got us, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, it got (laughs) us thinking about other communication lessons that we've learned.
1: So I want to take that back though real quick. If you guys are new here, if you haven't heard us talk about monthly checkups, Mm -hmm. sounds weird. Um, It's something Andrew and I started doing when we started dating. Really? Like we did that pretty,
0: we did it dating. Yeah, we did.
1: Yeah. Probably our first year of dating. We started monthly checkups. And what it was, was once a month we would go outside of the house or, I mean, we weren't living together back then in the house, Um, or living together, (laughs) but we would go somewhere that we deemed a quote unquote, like safe space. Um, and I don't mean that in the sense of like, we felt threatened by each other, but we just got out of our homes and we would go to this place where we knew we could bring up anything and the other person had to be receptive to it. You couldn't get defensive. You couldn't get emotional. You were there to talk through things that you, I don't know, how, how would we phrase that?
0: Honestly, it's just like a, um, it's like a state of the union where you talk about how things have been going. Like, uh, Hey, you did this really well this past month, Sean, but when you did this, I hurt my feelings and we Mm -hmm. did that. I had to pick up the slack kind of thing. Like, obviously you're not really that I'm not pointing fingers at you, but it's like hey, I was thinking about how this situation occurred and I thought that it might help me out more if you did X, Y, Z.
1: And you're not trying to like hold a resentment towards each other that you like bring up only once a month. It's nothing like that. It's just kind of this reflection on, oh, I thought we did really good at this this month. Yeah. But I thought we we really struggled communicating about yeah. Nash. It's just or- an opportunity.
0: We did a whole episode on this. And we can link it, but it's just an opportunity to step back, kind of have a uh, open conversation so that you kind of slow drip any frustrations as opposed to it coming out like a fire hose and exploding all at one time so that was one step that sean and i took to really be honest with each other kind of get to know each other better connect better and help help each other more really
1: and it helped us work on learning how to bring things up to one another in a gentler way yeah And not like in an emotional way, but most of the,
0: well, I was just going to say, yes, there's certain contexts where if, if I bring up these things that you're not doing well, it's not going to be received, but having the expectation of, Oh, this is a monthly checkup. I know that Andrew's coming from a spot of love and like we're working to get on the same page, uh, is very helpful. And to that point, I think there are some conversations where getting a different context and, and knowing like, Hey, it might be helpful for us to get out of the house for an hour to discuss this Mm -hmm. is helpful. We know a lot of people that, that are very systematic in their uh, communication. So Mm -hmm. whether it's us with the monthly checkups, people do it differently. Mm -hmm. Or um, even we talked about this in the intimacy episode, but we know couples who have a system of, Hey, if one person's feeling intimate, they have candles by the bedside. And if, if one person is ready to, you know, make some plays, then they light their candle Mm -hmm. so that the other person knows and that There's not that awkward, like, you know, vulnerability or scared, like scared to be vulnerable moment. Mm -hmm. They just know like, oh, the candle's lit. We can, you know, proceed from there. And yeah, so there's the the idea of being systematic in conversation is something to think about whatever that looks like for you. But like, you know, whether it's going to a coffee shop to share how you were hurt or whether it's having monthly checkups or doing the candle thing, like having processes in place that you can. Be vulnerable, I have found, has been helpful for us.
1: Yeah. Um, so with that, with like the thank you, I'm sorry, and like the systematic ways you can set up your your relationship and how to, to progress, we've kind of compiled, like Andrew said, a list of our top 10 pretty much. Yeah. Um, but these are all takeaways that have come out of monthly checkups for us that we continually try to work on and that tend to come up in, every argument and conversation, not in a bad way, even just like it's vocabulary we use. It's how we approach situations. And yeah. yeah.
0: Today's show is besides. Thank you. Not, I'm sorry. And besides the context is one thing that took four and a half years. (laughs) This was a recent finding was I tend to be more social than Sean. So I'll go on like weekend trips with my friends or I'll go hang out with my friends at night. And a lot of times I would just say like, Hey babe, can I do this? Can I do this trip next weekend? And she'd be like, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And then there was kind of this unspoken, um, I feel like from your side, mm-hmm. uh, disappointment or like loneliness, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to describe it because I wasn't really thinking about you. And so we've learned that if I say, Hey babe, I'm going on, can we talk about what this trip this weekend would look like? does it work with our schedule? And if it does, then what can I do to help you Mm -hmm. out? Like really thinking about I'm leaving. So what can I do to help Sean? Like whether it's getting a babysitter in place or making plans, like helping her make plans at a trampoline park or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Am I saying that right?
1: I, yes. Um, to give context, I think what you are trying to say is it took us a while to figure out that we needed to set up expectations for each other. Whenever like we would go away mm-hmm. or whenever we would go out with my girlfriends or out with your guy friends or whatever, it would be like, okay, what do you expect from me tonight? Because there were times there where you would go on like a weekend trip or I would or whatever, vice versa. And you would call me one day and you would, we'd would have like a 30 minute conversation. And then I wouldn't hear from you until you got home or I would You know, whatever it might be. And if you don't set up your expectations properly at the beginning, it leads to disappointment and it leads to like a not an enjoyable time away. So we have found for us that before anybody goes on a trip or goes away or does anything, um, we have a conversation and say, like, like you said, what do you need help with before I leave? What time each night do I do you want like a check in? Yeah. And I don't say check in. Like a, that sounds weird.
0: What time works that we can call because yeah. I know you'll be hectic with a baby or whatever. Yeah. You know?
1: Yes. So we, we just kind of set those expectations. So it whenever Andrew is away, the expectation from us or from me is basically like help me get everything set up beforehand. So babysitters, um, like you said, the reservations, just kind of the activities. And then I love being able to have like a 10 minute conversation each day where you can say hi to Drew you can say hi to me. I can hear about your day and then I feel good for the day.
0: Yeah. To, to your credit though, I actually don't feel like you expect me to help get things ready, which is yeah, very nice of you. <laughs> like it's not, uh, if I don't do this, I'm dropping the ball, but I yeah. think it's more of like a, hell yeah, we're being a team on this, but you're alluding to it. I've, this is something that one of my friends told me that I feel like helps shape the conversation where if I do take a three day trip, say that I'm going to talk to Sean in total 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's way better for me to disperse that 30 minute allotment Mm -hmm. over three days than to like use it all in one day. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So talk to her 10 minutes a day for three days as opposed to 30 minutes for one day.
1: And I will say that differs between relationships and people. That's something Andrew and I talked about very, very early on in our relationship. I came from a relationship before Andrew where the other person expected a response every second of every day. And he was a texter. He was a caller. Like we we just, we communicated nonstop all day. But then with Andrew, it was completely opposite. He said, I, I don't want to text you and call you all day because the time that I get with you at the end of the night or whenever, I want to be special where we have things to talk about. Yeah. And you're just a very present person with whoever you're with. And so we we started that very early on and we still do that. We We like to be present with each other and we don't like to, have
0: just random conversation yeah. but yeah I do feel like carving out specific times to m- give that person their time to shine mm-hmm. whether you're with them or away is important Which uh, leads I do I, I love that about you by the way I'm so thankful that you don't you're not like a massive texter well that's a style thing so it's gonna again, be different
1: coming from the opposite like I, I did that for a while It's so exhausting for me, but that's just my style, which leads us to the next conversation of time.
0: I'm very scared. (laughs) Uh, Okay. This, the next lesson is literally baked into my DNA. I have to break this thing (laughs) and it's a terrible habit. (laughs) It has to change. But my dad did it. My freaking grandpa did it. My brothers do it. It's the idea that.
1: I think this applies to everyone. This is not like a differs between relationship. No, this applies to every single human being in the world.
0: Giving an accurate ETA. So Sean calls me. I'm 15 minutes away. She says, hey, babe, when are you going to be back? And I'm like, I'm going to be home in 10 minutes. It's just if a If you show up in
1: 45, <laughs> I am mad. It's, I am mad.
0: It's a lose, lose, lose situation because <laughs> I clearly am not going to make it back in time. So I lose. Sean is a, is like setting up dinner, whatever. And I'm late. So she loses. And then our relationship loses because we're angry at (laughs) each other. Whoever I'm with loses because I'm rushing and I'm stressed. Freaking driving on the people driving on the road lose because I'm trying to speed and get (laughs) home and make the 10 minutes. So literally if you call me and say that I need to work on this, yeah, I'm going to just say this out loud. But if you say, babe, when are you going to be home? And I'm 15 minutes away. I'm going to do a better job at actually just Going the opposite way not saying 10 minutes, but maybe I'm going to be home in 25 minutes. I
1: think it'd be great.
0: That way I don't have to rush away from whoever I'm with. And I I can respectfully leave.
1: I have a caveat. I have an asterisk to this, which will set anybody up for success. So if you're planning on going golfing or if you're planning on going out for an errand or you're planning on whatever it might be, whoever you are and you tell your significant other, I'm going to be home in two hours. It doesn't mean you have to be home in two hours. But you have to have the consideration enough to your significant other to realize an hour in, I'm running an hour mm, late. In mm. an hour in, call and say, babe, I'm running over. It'll probably be another two hours. That does not mean call <laughs> at an hour and 59 yeah, 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 yeah. or two hours and 15 and say, I'm still an hour out. Guilty. Accurate ETAs. Here's. I'm just gonna set up, like finish this wrap this up Don't real quick. Don't
0: draw this out, babe. No, okay. I have to. Don't be too brutal. Because
1: I will say, again, different in every relationship, but for me, when you tell me two hours, three hours, four hours, thirty minutes, whatever, I'm planning my day
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm planning activities around that time. So if you call me already fifteen minutes late and saying I'm an hour and fifteen away or whatever, it throws off all those plans.
0: Yeah, no, I am terrible at that. So if
1: I try to hold Drew off so she can see daddy before she goes to, to bed, or if I'm trying to make dinner, that just throws all of it off.
0: Yeah, I appreciate your patience today. date. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. try to do a better job. I think, the, honestly, and this is part of maturing, I think the word is just forethought or planning, and then also being a little higher touch with communication of, hey, you know what, I'm having a good time with the boys on the golf course, <laughs> but let me call her and say that I'm going to be an hour late.
1: My favorite... My favorite was like you went golfing recently. <laughs> that wasn't
0: too long ago. You
1: did eighteen holes, and
0: I told you I was gonna be home at five o'clock.
1: Yeah, and so I call you at like five, and I'm like, so, and you're like, we're on hole eleven. I Something was still ridiculous. like three
0: hours away from home. I got home at eight that night.
1: I laughed at that one because it was whatever. It was egregious. But
0: anyway, so just <laughs> that is that is. A cause of a lot of our conflict and, uh, and feelings of disrespect. So we're, I'm working on that one. Another pattern that we've noticed is Sean tends to be a little more sensitive yeah. in conversations or difficult arguments or whatever it is. And I ten-
1: you take the tone of aggressive, yeah, not yeah, in a yeah. bad yeah. way, but
0: it's just like, let's talk facts. Let's get to the bottom of the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. And you're more like, Oh, I, not that you want to leave the conversation, but it's like, um, you kind of try to appease maybe is yeah. the word. And that also is a lose loose because mm-hmm. you feel like it's almost a snowballing effect mm-hmm. of my aggressive tone or how you interpret it like that makes you more introverted, mm-hmm. which makes me more frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which makes you, and then, but it is, it's so interesting because neither are right, right? They're both kind of some form of, manipulation to a ex- mm-hmm. certain extent where it's pretty easy easy for me you know people who are like have that more assertive tone mm-hmm. let's use the word assertive not aggressive yeah Is that that's, cool? better. that's better That's um to like command the conversation yeah right and just get their way because they're pointing it out louder mm-hmm. but on the other side like the people who come off as more sensitive it's almost like a like a trump card of oh hey i'm more sensitive and i'm crying (laughs) not that you i'm this is we're talking about this bad this makes our argument seem bad i haven't
1: said many words go ahead (laughs) no i'm saying (laughs) you said we're talking about this bad
0: i'm saying it's just like a trump card that sensitive people can lay of like oh you're hurting my feelings so we need to avoid this conversation which is also not correct i think
1: i think a, a better way to explain that is Andrew and I are very aware within arguments and conversations that I tend to retreat and he tends to get a little assertive and a big conversation we've had within monthly checkups and kind of reflecting on those situations is I need to be more assertive and he needs to be more sensitive. It's Mm. that compromise preach because whenever he kind of starts to go, it's almost like tone deaf where he just, um, you like shut off all emotion because you just want to, you want to know the facts. You want to know how to fix it. You want to like, it comes across cold to me. Yeah. Whereas I try to go overly sensitive and I'm like, babe, but how did you feel? And why didn't, why weren't you sad? And why didn't you see this? Yeah. Whereas you just have to, you have to recognize that what your tendencies are and understand where your significant other is coming from and try to like meet them halfway.
0: That's good. On that note, this is a little further down the list, but I'll reorganize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard someone else say this, and I thought it was very profound. It's very hard to do, but I think it's helpful. Anytime we're in heated conversations, we both, you and I both have this tendency to make, we call them blatant statements. <laughs> yeah. And we've just come up with this term in the past like eight months. But it's like, I'll say, Sean, you never do the dishes. Yeah. Or Sean, you Always uh go out with the girls mm-hmm. or you're always like you it's using these blanket words permanent terms, yeah. right? We or blanket mm-hmm. and this piece of advice I heard was try to criticize very accurately and smallly, if you will. Like mm-hmm. use accurate descriptions of hey Sean, this morning mm-hmm. supposed to always. Uh, You were 45 minutes late Mm -hmm. after your workout and that hurt my feelings. I would appreciate if we didn't make that a habit or whatever. Right.
1: And the reason for that is when you make a blanket statement, you're not criticizing a person's action. You're criticizing a person. Mm -hmm. And that tends to happen when you get emotional and you just want to feel seen. Someone else has also said like the easiest person to hurt is your significant other because.
0: They know you the best. Yeah. They know you most intimately.
1: So you have to be very careful. That's something Andrew and I just use the word blanket whenever we're like arguing. It'll be like blanket. That was <laughs> yeah. that was a blanket it's statement. It's like a signal. It's like, yeah.
0: uh, but it's it, the other effect it has is it literally escalates the situation yes. drastically. So because, because Andrew will
1: say you've never done dishes and I'm like, excuse me.
0: Right. I mean, it's like that perpetual, I don't know, it's gotta be some effect of every time you're doing a chore, I'm doing it mm-hmm. ch- every time I'm doing a chore, like the dishes, I just think about all the other times I've done the dishes and it feels like mm-hmm. I only do the dishes. And that must mean that you never do the dishes, <laughs> yes. but you're thi- like, when I say yes. you never do the dishes, you're thinking about all the times you've done the dishes. Yeah. And so there's both, there's like always this kind of,
1: it just never went, like, yeah, you like, yeah. you never win, nor should that be like, that's not your goal, but it never goes anywhere good when you use a blanket statement. You yeah. just the smaller you can be with your critiques, critiques and your reflections, the better, because then that person, too, can also say, oh, yeah, here's the direct cause and effect. I didn't do this today today. And it made them feel like this. And so you can you can fix it. You can work on it.
0: And it also provides the opportunity for them to own their mistake and like learn something from it, which is our next thing. Yes. And it's uh,
1: owning your mistakes.
0: Own your mistakes. I just feel like every time there is a moment of critique from you. Oh, my gosh. It's such an interesting phenomenon of I am confronted with this fork in the road of <laughs> am I going to get upset about it? Which Been defensive. Yes. Which I take that road more than I should, or am I going to, it's like this pause of, okay, she's right. And I'm not going to get upset about it, even though it feels like an attack on personal. I feel it right now. Kind of. Do you feel it?
1: No, but I'm also the person that I jumped to. Sorry.
0: That's true. No, you get defensive. Don't say you never get defensive. Are you serious? I get
1: defensive, I get defensive but I would say
0: I'm more likely to. Yeah. Okay, cool. But there is you, uh, for whoever, maybe you're built like me. you have this moment of you could choose? I'm going to either own this or I'm going to get defensive of it. And it's the more you can actually just accept that there's probably a hint of truth in what mm-hmm. Sean's saying, whether she com- whether she communicated that well or not, yeah. Maybe she was kind of overrun by emotion and she yeah. was too flagrant in how she communicated it. It is it is the mature thing to do. And again, I'm working on this to be like, okay, you're right. And I'm, and gonna, I'm, and I'm freaking sorry.
1: <laughs> I want to add something to that too. When you own your mistakes, something that we both tend to do um, is whenever you're faced with a critique or a mistake and you, you want to own it, You always tend to want to, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying like you as in general population, you tend to want to like turn it around right away. You're like, I'm going to own this mistake. However, you also did this and that never goes anywhere. And also like you're, you're not making progress. Own your mistake, apologize. And then from there, continue on a conversation. Because if you're just going to own a mistake only then to point a finger you're just going to bounce back and forth for a long time. And you're going to, you're going to just continue to hurt people.
0: Which brings us to our next lesson we've learned, which is context. Sean and I just had a heated argument this morning about context. And we mentioned like when we do our uh, monthly checkups, we set a certain context, but when you bring up an issue is very key to how that person receives it. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to critique you, it's probably best for me not to critique you while we're already in an argument. Mm-hmm. Cause I just going to amplify things and, I'm the effect of that is just me using that as ammunition to like hurt your feelings. Whereas or
1: when you're hungry or when you're overtired or all
0: these contexts. Yes,
1: you have to be very aware of arguments and criticism are very fragile things, very vulnerable things. Yeah. That take a clear mind and an open heart and we live in a crazy world where that's really hard to find time for. So you have to be very aware of it.
0: And it takes practice too. But even, I mean, whether it's a critique or not, like even just a general conversation, like mm-hmm. whether we're trying to make a decision, the first four months of having Drew, we got in way more arguments than we probably needed to or could have.
1: Because we were overtired.
0: Overtired? No. But it was also, we're standing in a room with two sound machines yeah. at 2 a.m., <laughs> And you say something to me, I I can't hear you, so I say what? And you say, you yell it back, and then we're both mad. It's just a bad situation. That
1: actually happened two nights ago when I was taking care of Drew. We were in her (laughs) nursery, and I asked a question. And again, she has two sound machines, pitch black, we're tired, it's middle of the night. And Andrew's like, fine! (laughs) And I was like...
0: Why is he mad at me? It comes off as yelling. Why
1: is he mad? What should I do? Are you kidding? I'm sacrificing this and I'm here and it just spirals.
0: But I'm literally just trying to speak loud enough that she can hear me over the sound (laughs) machine. So anyway, like, like these things matter and try to identify whatever the, the obstacles are like another one is Sean is not necessarily a morning person. Like before we have our coffee, probably best for me not to bring up plans, bring up any, uh, you know, critical decisions we need to make. It's just like learn the things about your partner. That's what's beautiful about marriage. I feel like is you get time to identify the patterns of the other person and how to amplify the good ones and work through the the tougher ones. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I think another aspect we or another bullet point we have here, which ties into a lot of these two is your tone and your mood. Um, more so your mood, you have to be very aware of it cuz your mood is it fluctuates so much yeah it's not the actual reality of your situation so if it's around lunchtime and you're hungry and you're hangry the reality of the situation is just because you're hangry and you're quote unquote mad at your husband you're not actually mad at him you're just hungry so you have to like you have to be aware that there's a bigger picture to everything
0: you've i have appreciated this pregnancy you've done a way better job at like noticing There'll be some times when I feel like you might be unfairly uh, critical of me. And then you'll st- take a step back and be like, you know, what? I'm a little tired. Can I go take a nap? Mm-hmm. And then that make it's just a better, the self-awareness is key. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a good one. That was the next one was don't let your moods be your reality. Not to say that emotions don't, they're very important, but they shouldn't be the rudder of your life well, directing I,
1: it. I think maybe a, better way to say that too is the self-reflection side like what is bothering you but like what's really bothering you so yes for example the pregnancy the other day we got in a little tissy fit I don't know you can't even call it an argument where I was just irritable and I was snippy at Andrew and I was saying backhanded comments compliments and yeah I know um (laughs) And I had to take a step back and be like, what's wrong? And I was standing there and I was like, oh, my body just hurts so bad. And I'm so tired and I'm hungry and I'm exhausted and emotional. And all of that is causing me to be short with my husband. It's not my husband that's causing all of this. And I needed to be aware of that. And I ended up saying, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for how I've acted today. I'm just uncomfortable. And when you're uncomfortable it causes things to be an issue.
0: But what a cool opportunity. I need to do a better job of this too. Cause what a cool opportunity to switch it from like this aggressive conversation that could hurt feelings to an opportunity for me to, to then help you like, Hey, well, why don't you go take a nap or why don't mm-hmm. I give you a back scratch or, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, but it takes a certain amount of self reflection. And that's why, I don't know, people talk about the benefits of journaling or prayer and it's all kind of like leads to being more aware of you, where you lie and, the context of things anyway,
1: which leads us to our next one. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping out of order here because we just referenced it. Something that comes up. I think this is something we actually learned from our premier to counselor.
0: Oh, we should do a whole, uh, episode on counseling, by the we way. Should. Let us know I just want to get him on here so yeah. that we can talk to I him. <laughs>
1: Dr. D. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I think it came from him. I can't remember, but we've talked about it a lot and it comes up in almost every argument or emotional discussion we have, which is always try to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I say that because that's the vocabulary we use within our relationship. A conversation is different than an argument. An argument is a conversation that's been taken too far and you get emotional So something you'll probably, if you could be a fly on the wall, every time we're having an argument, one of us will just sit there and say, babe, I want to have a conversation. And it's just this reminder of like, let's take our tones down. Let's take our emotions out of this. Let's truly talk about what's going on and try not to be defensive, emotional, hurt, sad, whatever it might be. It
0: kind of serves as just, yeah, like a a reminder that a calibration of our goal here is to address an issue and learn how we can respect each other better the next time this comes up as opposed to just getting pissed at each other for that sake.
1: I think it's also a reminder to your significant other or whoever it is you're talking to that your intention there is not to hurt. Like Andrew said, what your goal, my goal here is not to hurt you is not to point fingers or blame. It's truly to talk through something So we can figure out how to do it better next time.
0: Yeah. And on that note, uh, let's see who said that. Oh, Steve uh, and Linda Zanaco mentioned that there are times where that's harder to to either be the giver of that conversation or receiver of it. And there might be times where you need to just step away from the conversation. And that's fine to do, they say, as long as you say, hey, can we continue this conversation in 30 minutes? Mm -hmm. I need to take a break. Like taking a hot second, if your emotions are are heated, what what are you laughing at? Nothing. Okay. Because I'm more.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love you.
1: And it's just like we're done. We're done here.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got I got a lot to work on, dude. I is all I'm to to saying, like, man, too, baby.
1: I have a lot to work on.
0: I'm actually on, appreciating yeah. this conversation. Me too. Um, some general guidelines that we have uh, when we do have arguments are. Fortunately, neither Sean nor I cuss that often, but whenever we do, it might be in an argument <laughs>
1: yes,
0: and that's bad. It always amplifies things. Yes. It always makes sure either of us feel belittled. So we try not to cuss
1: and then no yelling. Not to yell. Yes. yes.
0: Yeah. And that, that really helps us keep things reasonable and know that we're actually having a conversation and not mm-hmm. just you know, an argument anyway. usually
1: yelling and cussing of any kind comes from just such a desperate frustration of, I don't know how to talk to you. And it's just, it's just because either of us gets so frustrated that we don't know how to get across what we're trying to get across. And you just break as a human being, not in a bad way. It's just like, <laughs> it's like a hissy fit. Yeah. So we try very, very hard never to yell and never to cuss because, it shuts the other person down. Another, another general guideline rule that we, we learned this from Dr. D was whenever you're referring to something, a mistake, an argument, a criticism, try not to ever say you did this to me Mm -hmm. because that puts it on your spouse that they were intentionally trying to do something to hurt you. Say this action made me feel this way. And Give your spouse the benefit of the doubt. Be like, because you didn't close the cabinet door, I felt like you, whatever.
0: Actually, this is interesting. Someone is saying uh, that there's a list of, I think it's eight different emotions. We'll link that down below. But like, no. you, actually, you, it sounds so elementary and it, yes. it sounds childish, but hey, you not closing the cabinet door made me feel sad mm-hmm. and here's why, mm-hmm. right? But it's helpful because it actually furthers furthers the conversation because then you understand, oh dang, that's up you probably don't want me to feel sad. Mm-hmm. So how can you prevent yeah?
1: But if you were to say that, so you not closing the cabinet door made me feel sad, which <laughs> I don't
0: it might. Don't freaking mock It might, that. it
1: might. Um, is different than saying you made me feel sad. Yeah. Because you made me feel sad is an intention and you're alluding that your significant other or you're assuming that that your significant other purposely tried to hurt you and that causes more issue than not.
0: That's a good nuance. We have four more and then we'll wrap this up. The next one is, and similar is when you apologize, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Sean tends to apologize a lot, Mm -hmm. probably more. I could probably apologize more, but neither of us are right because when Sean over apologizes, it kind of waters down. Mm -hmm. I think there's a right way to say it. Um, there's a right way to do an apology and it's Hey Sean, I'm sorry for making you feel sad. Mm-hmm. For not closing the cabinet door.
1: Yeah, be specific. So
0: yeah, be, yeah, being specific and saying I I did this and made you feel this way, and I'm gonna try to do this better. It takes a lot of freaking Itself, humility
1: and it's self reflection. It's it's owning your mistake at the same time, like recognizing your significant other and intending to make them feel better.
0: Yes. So there's that. Today's show is also brought to you by Upward. Hey, babe, what is it that our? Are... This was a situation that happened last week. Sean um, brought home what was it last week? Oh, it was a painting. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a new. It was the new pictures that we got in our our master oh, bedroom. Yeah. Which, by the way, we're going to do a tour in that on the main channel. Um,
1: oh, they arrived. They
0: arrived, and it was like in the middle of work day. I've been del- waiting
1: months for these. The
0: delivery guy dropped them off. And I was like doing something on my on my computer and Sean says, Babe, can I show you the new pictures? I'm so excited. And I said, Yes, in five hours.
1: Yeah, basically like after like, he's done working.
0: Yeah, I'm busy. Don't talk to me now, pretty much. And uh that doused your excitement. It
1: did. And it was, it was something, a missed opportunity. There's something I brought up that night. And I said, You know what, babe, I totally understand understood. You had a busy work day. But I would have really appreciated had we been able to share in that excitement together. Even if it's something that you truly aren't excited about, joining in on, on excitement with your spouse is one of the greatest things you can do. Yeah,
0: it really is.
1: And if you douse your spouse's excitement on anything, it's a way to kind of douse your love for them. So, And it's Whoa. something we talk about.
0: Oh, well, okay. No, okay. no,
1: not in a bad... I don't mean that... In, I'm okay. not saying you were dousing... Our love, I'm I'm saying within a relationship, it's very important to share in each other's excitement.
0: I feel like this. The further we progress in our marriage, the more kids we have, the older we get, the more things kind of settle down. Like we're in the long haul of life right now, I feel like. You know, there's less exciting things happening less frequently. There's less things to be excited about. So Mm -hmm. anytime there is something to be excited about, like take it, take it in as much as you can enjoy that as much as you can. And I missed that opportunity. So I'm sorry, you know, I'm going to do a better job on the note of excitement though. I've realized this. I'm just so glad that live sports are back, baby. (laughs) And so it's kind of been this inherent expectation of mine that a couple of nights a week, I'll watch a sports game, whatever it is. I don't even care what it is. I just want to watch sports. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm working on doing this better. Actually, sharing with Sean why I'm excited and that I'm excited. And so that way, instead of us putting drew down and then me going down to turn on the TV and her feeling like, Oh, what is he doing? Like mm-hmm. it's pushing me to the side. It's Sean. You won't believe it. The Lakers play the X and game five of the finals. LeBron's killing it. Like this is a super important game because X, Y, and Z, and then it informs you, it gets you excited, and also is a way better way for me to actually accomplish my goal of watching the sports game because now you understand why, you know.
1: And I think one of the most beautiful things in a relationship, think back to like when you were dating your husband or wife or your significant other. There's nothing cooler than seeing your person be so excited about yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And whether you like what it is they're excited about or not, there's something so fun and beautiful. About seeing Andrew giddy, like a little kid excited about something. And I want to share that with him. I want to celebrate it. I want to be there with him. I want to be able to be like, what in the heck is on TV and what is going on? And how does this game work? But I want to be there for him. And if you don't voice that to your significant other and say, I'm babe, I'm so excited. U S gymnastic national championships is on this weekend. I can't wait to watch it because X, Y, and Z even if you hate watching gymnastics, it's still fun to share it. And if you can truly be like, almost like the fake it till you make it a little bit, be like, babe, I'm really excited for you. I can't wait to like sit down and have you explain this to me. Yeah, it just, I don't
0: understand, but I'll participate.
1: It makes that other person feel celebrated.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a opportunity to get to know your significant other better. It's an opportunity to learn something. It's an opportunity to have conversations that you've not, never had before, which again happens less and less the mm-hmm. older you get. So... That's something, but and that could apply to anything—sports or reading a book. Like Sean, I love reading, and Sean feels like it. Whatever it's, Sean feels different about it sometimes. So, but joining in on the excitement and explaining that goes a long way. I have one more, and then yeah, I'm I don't ready know re- what this. Well, I, I just feel like actually
1: I'm reading this, this right now. This goes
0: back. This is kind of bringing a full circle.
1: So this is the last one
0: from my side. Okay. Do, if you have any more, I don't think so. Um, this goes back to like what tone are you approaching the conversation with there'll be some times where we'll we'll be sitting there in the morning and i'll say are you working out today and it's like there's a certain way to ask a loaded question of it's clearly me
1: why do you want me to work out today
0: i <laughs> that's actually hilarious because I didn't even I deleted that part of that note. <laughs> but you still interpret it that way. But yeah. it's either gonna be like me expecting you to work out because you think I think you need it. Yeah you know what I'm saying? Or it's comes off as like a um, oh, he clearly doesn't want me to work out because he has plans. Yeah. So I don't know how quite to phrase that. That's probably the the least well communicated point of these, but there's a certain way to um ask a question or to make plans that helps it be effective you're not crazy about that one it's almost like that it's it's almost like the oh we get dressed up for the night and i say are you sure you want to wear that (laughs) like you know what i'm saying yeah i don't know i don't know what you call that but yeah i don't know
1: i'm trying to i'm trying to help you here
0: i appreciate that because
1: we go through this every single morning we basically have one time slot in the day with like childcare and work and everything where we can work out. But it really only allows for one person to work out each day. We kind of alternate.
0: So if I say, are you going to work out yeah. today? It's, it's almost like me projecting in that question that I want to work out. Yeah. So anyway, whatever it's, just, here's the thing. Here's it, no. Here's that. the thing with it. It's just being honest with your communication and trusting that the other person is being honest as well. So instead of me asking that question with the hopes that you'll say no, so that I can work out, it's, hey babe, I would love to work out today. Is that okay?
1: That's great.
0: So it's just being honest.
1: Yeah. And then I'll be like, mm, but is there a way we can figure it out? Cause I really wanted to work out. Today. No,
0: you wouldn't say that, but you can work on that. I know. I should you can work, work on, that. on that part of honesty. Yeah. Anyway. So that's clearly, that's a great way to kind of remind us that we are not trained uh, marriage counselors or family therapists. Uh, we don't know what you call these things. Our purpose is not to give professional advice more to s- give specific examples of things that we've learned uh, so that honestly we love this podcast because it records in time memories <laughs> for us and, and things that we re- need to remember. So I hope you found this helpful as well.
1: But with that, please, if you guys have found any other things that work for you or anything, anything that like comes up in repetition of things you want to work on vocabulary that you guys use in arguments, please let us know. Because we're always looking for new, I don't know, tools yeah. to use within our relationship and our marriage.
0: And the good news is you can leave uh, comments on the Apple Podcasts re, uh, rating and review section. Or also, this is the only YouTube channel that we have that has comments. So you can drop them there as well. Um, hope this show was helpful. I enjoyed I actually felt like that might have been our best episode we've done so far. The best solo episode. Yeah. Until the very end when I just... <laughs> Dropped a confusing one on us.
1: I think it was a great movie. I
0: thought it was good. Thanks for talking about that stuff. I love you. I love you, baby. very thankful for you.
1: Thank you guys for listening. I'm very thankful for you. I'm Andrew. I'm Sean.
0: We are the East Fam. Out. All right, real quick for all of those listening out there. We don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe. Do we? No.